0: The Major League University Developmental Podcast, educating and equipping athletes to the mental side of the game. Are you ready to gain the competitive edge today? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Major League University Developmental Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Byler, And today we bring in another very special guest, former Los Angeles Angel Tim Arakawa, Went to Yavapai Community College for a couple years. Went over to Oklahoma State University. Was drafted in the 23rd round by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Middle infielder. This dude can play all around the yard. Great player, but most importantly, even better person. He's now working for College Athlete Advantage, uh, helping athletes get to that next level now and helping them fulfill their dreams and get to college and helping families really in that recruiting process and... um, Really making sure that they have all the information that they need to be prepared when they go into a collegiate environment, into these showcases, and the crazy world now that we live in, and, and baseball and sports. So, Tim, man, it's great to have you on the show. Appreciate that, Austin. Really great to be here. I'm pumped. Absolutely, man. Well, let's hop right into it, man. Kind of take us through your journey, you know. Uh, former 23rd round draft pick um you've had a pretty crazy career bouncing around a couple different places so you've had a lot of experience in different climates different areas and arenas and competition uh take us through your your story man and and your journey and how you got to how you got here today yeah yeah definitely well um I, i
1: grew up in hawaii so i played high school baseball in hawaii um and then after i i played two years at yavapai community college um in northern arizona in prescott and um Two of the best years of my life there opened up a lot of opportunities for me. And um, I was fortunate enough to go uh, to Oklahoma State after from 2013 to 2015. Um, had a great time at Oklahoma State too, and met so many awesome people there. Um, and then was able to get drafted by the Angels, like you said, in the 23rd round um, in 2015, and played with the Angels in their minor league system for about three years up until 2018. Um, bounced around a few different levels um, made it all the way up to AAA, and uh, but yeah just baseball took me you know so many different places I met so many great people and I'm just you know fortunate for
0: um, the opportunities that I was I was granted and I was blessed with yeah man I think it's really cool that growing up in Hawaii man like you're out there literally on the island. Like we joke about some guys on the pitcher's mound and like in the box, you feel like you're on an island. You feel like you don't know, Like sometimes you're just swimming in your own dome, right? And um, you were literally on an island and you're really good friends with one of our co-founders, QB Meyer and, and a lot of those guys out there in Hawaii on the island, man. How cool is it to just see guys go from playing out there in Hawaii and getting opportunities to go play in college baseball, whether it's D1, D two, D3 it doesn't matter what level, but getting an opportunity to go to this, uh, the, the mainland and, and get those chances to play ball
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know I think the bottom line is uh, you know we come when we come from Hawaii we're, you know we're very prideful people you know we root for you know anybody who has kind of any affiliation to Hawaii because it, we just hold it so near and dear to our heart, and you know the same goes you know it's a small island. And then when you add baseball to it, it just becomes even smaller. So, you know, in actuality, everybody who kind of plays baseball at, you know, let's say a higher level than high school and had success playing baseball, everybody kind of, it becomes a, a, a tight knit fraternity in a way and, you know, everybody's just rooting for each other when we get home in the off season. We're working out together. Um, you know, me and QB grew up playing together. We, you know, we were twelve years old playing on our Cal Ripken team. So um, you know, we've known each other for a while. And then just to see his success as well, too. Man, it, it just makes it awesome when, you know, you see some of your brothers that you grew up with being successful at the next level, also.
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome. I think just just seeing you guys go after, man, and in, in the fall classics, so in Arizona they always have those senior fall classics, I'm sure now with what mm-hmm. you're doing, you probably spend a lot of time there. And mm-hmm. uh, we always would have a Hawaiian team come down. There'd be a team from Hawaii and a team from Australia. And they were my two favorite teams because they'd always bring snacks. I think the Hawaiian team brought like the macadamia nuts and like the little uh, piece of bread thing, you know, the cracker, and it's like, dude, let's go. They'd always bring you little gifts, man. <laughs> Um, It was so much fun just to see the culture and obviously with uh, playing at University of Nevada with QB, we went to Hawaii twice actually and his family was, oh my gosh, just so grateful for them and everything they did for us. They brought out so much good food, man. And and I got to ask you, before we get into the the nitty gritty stuff, man, what are those purple Mm -hmm. donuts? They have like the purple inside of them, they're black on the outside, but they're like deep fried and they're incredible. Um, those might be kind of like
1: malasadas, um, but they might have kind of like poi donut, poi donuts inside. Um, I'm not a super huge, uh, sweets kind of guy. I like more of the salty, salty side of things, but, um, yeah, I think, I think you're thinking of some poi donuts or something like that too. I will, I, I mean, by no means am I saying I don't like them. I definitely will, will crush <laughs> a few of
0: those too, but <clears throat> Dude, those things were incredible, and I probably have 15 of them, and I, would, I might just fly to Hawaii just to get another batch of those. I'll be they're honest, ad- man. They're addicting, huh? Oh my gosh, man. I love it out there. I just love the island feel, man. The island vibe. Um, but man, hey, uh, how, so like kind of before we do get into the recruiting aspect of things and, and hopefully educating some parents, some coaches, and some athletes today on that whole process because it's very important to to be aware of that. And there's so much information out there today that uh, we need to have the right information. But what helped you in your career go from a junior college to a premier Division One to a great organization and an opportunity to play professional baseball and you got all the way up to AAA? I mean, you are literally a hop, skip, and a hop, like, right away from being in the pros. So how did that feel, one, being so close, to, like, what helped you through that process? Well, um, I think being
1: so close, it was kind of um, bittersweet. Um, it was good and bad, I think. Um, like I said, I met so many great people. And when I was up in AAA, I got to play with a lot of ex-big leaguers, um, kind of got to see the professionalism that they um, they displayed on a day-to-day basis. Um, obviously, it would have been great to get my cup of coffee in the big leagues. Um, you know, that's that had been my dream ever since, you know, I knew what baseball was and Major League Baseball was. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't work out for me. But that's life. And, um, you know, I think God had a different plan for my life. So... Um, you know, just being, being so close, I was able to make a lot of great connections and I was able to get a lot of credibility on my side as well. Um, and then just kind of through the whole process of, you know, me playing at a junior college, me playing at Oklahoma State after, I think the best piece of advice I ever got was from my dad. And my dad absolutely knew nothing about the recruiting process or, you know, what schools to pick for, you know, to go play baseball, but he told me, Tim, go where you can play, like, you know, go where you're going to have an opportunity to play. You've, you know, you've never sat on the bench your whole life. Um, Why do you think going to, you know, a college, whether it's a university and sitting on the bench or red shirting for your first two years or something like that? Why do you think you're going to be fine with it? Go to, you know, a place where they really want you and you have the opportunity to play right away. And, you know, that really stuck with me. So choosing the junior college, choosing Yavapai, yeah, Yavapai is very competitive. I'm not saying that, you know, you go to a junior college and you automatically play. But for me, it was, you know, competing with guys that were around my age. I didn't have to go in and compete with guys that were, you know, possibly 22, 23 years old, fifth year seniors, what have you. So it kind of gave, you know, gave me a little bit more of an opportunity to get playing time my freshman year And, you know, continue to play my sophomore year. And that was the biggest thing for my career. Those two years at Yavapai, I developed and I got better. I got bigger. I got faster. I got stronger. I got these at-bats. And that's really when my baseball career took off, I think.
0: I love it, man. And you mentioned that developmental process. I mean, you're just... (laughs) Out of high school, we're all pretty raw athletes, man. Like, I mean, we can always tell that you were really good, that QB was really good, that Jensen Park was really good. But once you get to that next level in college, like, it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new breed, man. Like, I had a coach tell me the other day, he's like, look, I tell my parents, if you think it's so easy to play at a Cal, at an ASU, at a University of Arizona, why don't you go down and watch U of A go play Oregon State? and sit right next to the dugout and look at the size of these kids. Look at the Mm -hmm. maturity of these guys and their skill levels and how fast the game gets and how much stronger athletes are and how much better prepared they are and the coaching staffs and all the above. And it goes it's misleading because on TV we watch it and we can do it. I can do that. I can do what Mike Trout does. Why didn't he swing at that fastball right down the middle? But there's a developmental process that a lot of athletes got to go through, man. And now what you're doing with college athlete advantage is, is really cool because you're helping athletes go through that process. Like you just went through that process and now you get to educate them on how to find the right fit for you. And so many times, and I'm sure you're getting this a lot, is a kid will probably come up to you and be like, look, I only wanna to go to this high level D1, but in reality, maybe a, a Midwest school, that's a division two or NAIA, is the right fit for you. So how do you discern that? Like Do you have to strip your ego? Do you have to talk with your family too and just say, hey, look, I have an opportunity to play. Is it whoever gives me the most money? Like, how do you really discern um, where the right place is for you? Well, I think there's a few, um,
1: you know, a few things that go into deciding that. um, I think one of the biggest things is that you have to be realistic with where um, your talents lie and you got to find somebody that, you know, is a good evaluator of your talents and is, um, you know, invested in you as well and cares about, you know, you finding the right fit. And then really sitting down and having a real conversation about, hey, am I a division one player? Am I a division two player? Am I division three? And so on and so forth. And the bottom line is it's fine not being a division one player. There's a ton of big leaguers who are not, who were not division one players. Albert Pujols, Went to Maple Woods College. Um, J.D. Martinez went to Nova Southeastern, a D two in Florida. And you know, some of these, some of these D one uh, or bus mentality kind of gets, uh, gets you in the recruiting process, and it, it you know, it kind of sets you back in the recruiting process. So I think finding you know the right level for yourself is the biggest thing. Um, You know, location is important to a lot of people as well. How far away do you want to go from home? Um, You know, do you want to stay closer? Are you fine with going away? If you're fine with going away, it opens up a lot more opportunities. Um, You know, another thing is the total cost of school. I mean, you don't want to leave there with, um, you know, a bunch of loans that you have to pay back, right? So, you know, that can that's a big factor as well. And then also the development and the, you know, the coaching that you're going to get there. Um, you know, do they, you know, how, how do they develop their players? What's the culture like there? Those are some things that, you know, you really need to tap into and you really need to see if that's going You're going to fit within that culture. You're going to fit within that locker room. And then, you know, that's ultimately what's going to help you find the right, the right place
0: to play. Yeah. that's, that's incredible advice just from going through that process, man, like that is huge. And I'm going to play that on repeat after this multiple times <laughs> and to any athletes that we work with, because they need to hear that because so many times we get told you're going to be a D one, you're going to be this or that, like go where you can play, go where you can make an impact, go where somebody wants you to be there. Don't be a 45th or 55th walk or preferred walk on at say Oregon state. And you're just <laughs> chomping at the bit to even get a roster spot to redshirt. Like, Why not go down the street to Western Oregon where they want you and they've got a good program and now you can go in and play right away and make an impact, man. And now you get to develop as an athlete, man. But, like, how hard is it, Tim, to get recruited? Because we have social media, we have uh, the emails, obviously. There's so many outlets to reach people, but there's so many people doing the same thing now. And there's all these competitive showcases and all these crazy events and in my mind honestly 95% of them are money makers and they aren't the <laughs> right fits and that's just maybe a personal ego standpoint on my on my end but hey it's how I feel about it but how hard is it to get recruited man
1: Well you you know you'd think with everything around today it would be a piece of cake um and for some for some players it is a lot easier to get recruited than others you know if you if you go look at your top 50 high school players in the 2020 class, um, you know, they're, they're measurables and, you know, the um, what they do on the baseball field makes it easier for them to get recruited. But the, the reality of it is that, you know, there's so many other schools looking for players and with the college recruiting budgets, how it is with baseball, um, it's tough for them to go and, you know, turn every stone over and find every diamond in the rough kind of kid that can play At their school so there's really a you know there's really a disconnect with you know a D2 in the Midwest isn't going to be coming to California to watch high school baseball games that's just the reality of it Um, so you know a lot of families think that they need to go to every single showcase and every single tournament and every single camp in order to kind of help that disconnect a little bit and you know some showcases some camp some tournaments are of great value if you know if you have the right expectations but you know just you know kind of chasing this camp circuit the showcase circuit um, you'll be you know wasting money you'll be wasting time that you can be using to develop yourself as well too. So the lack of information that I think of a lot of a lot of families are having in this process makes it very difficult to get recruited and I'll take it even a step further. I think, you know, getting recruited is one thing, but actually like optimizing and maximizing your recruiting process is a whole different ballgame. And that's what we try to do at CAA. It's not only about getting the kid recruited. It's about making sure that um, you're optimizing and, you know, you're maxing out, as Ed Milet says, you're yeah. out, um, your are maxing out your recruiting process. You actually got me on Ed Milet, so thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. But... But, um, yes, yeah, so I think that's the bottom line. You know, you just don't want to fall into a place just because, you know, you got recruited. You want to make sure that uh, you built some leverage in your situation and, uh, you
0: know, that's what's going to help you find the right fit. So how, how do you optimize that then? Like, how do you optimize maybe your opportunity to get recruited, I guess, and, and kind of uh, I don't know, swing the pendulum in, in your favor? I think the bottom line is you have to create leverage
1: for yourself um, and you create leverage for yourself by creating real options. Um, once you create real options, I think, you know, kind of a, a magic number uh, is maybe five to eight real options for you to go to school, whether those are, you know, three division ones and four division twos or, you know, three division ones, two junior colleges and a division two or something like that. But, cre- you know, a lot of times, players and families they think you know they're thinking it's too narrow too soon so you know you only have you know a set of five schools that you want to go to well five of those schools really don't know who you are right now let's open it up and create opportunities for you once you create real opportunities for you now you can actually you know not necessarily pick and choose but find pros and find cons about Um, you know, why this school is going to be better than this school for me. Because at the end of the day, college is the most important decision you're making before the age of 25. So it's so vital for you to get it right and you know, you need to go through the right steps in order for you to get it right.
0: Yeah, that's um, like, I love what you just said about it's the most important decision you're going to make before the age of 25. and. It's you're telling me a lot of 17 and 18 year old kids, excuse me. And now, nowadays, it's the 2025 class, the 2030 class. (laughs) Like, my future son's already being recruited by uh, who knows who. And it's like, come on, man, these kids are getting recruited at such young ages that it's tough for some of the other athletes who maybe aren't getting as much publicity or getting seen as much. Because they see all their friends as sophomores, as freshmen, and juniors signing with these programs, and now they're freaking out as a sophomore, freaking out as a junior. That a lot of kids kind of ask me, "Hey, man, like, why am I not getting seen, or why am I not getting recruited by these programs?" And I honestly, sometimes I don't even have an answer because I think some of them are pretty dang good ball players, and whatever we can do to help them, we're gonna do. So referring them to people like you, who are experts in this field, who really get this field man like, like everything you've said today is spot on like if I could sit here as a parent and have somebody tell me exactly what you've told me today I would leave this podcast I'd leave this conversation more equipped to go into that recruiting world and, and face the beast in the face man and thanks for tuning in to the major league university podcast I want to give a quick shout out to a couple of our proud sponsors. We've got the Positive Vibe Movement. They're doing incredible things in the mental health world, really helping people feel loved, feel cherished, feel cared about, and letting you know that you are not alone, no matter what you are going through, no matter what struggle you are facing, There are people that love you, care about you, and want you to succeed in your life. Mental health matters. So go ahead and check out the positivevibemovement.com. Use code BOTHER for a discount on your next order. Amazing gear, amazing mission. And then you can check out Harmony Bats. They're just doing incredible things with their bats, gloves, and their mission as well. Here to really help that next generation succeed, providing leadership providing opportunities for kids to live their best lives and doing it through positivity and amazing character. The people with Harmony Bats are just incredible people and their mission is unbelievable. And we're super excited to partner up with them for the future. So you can go check out HarmonyBats.com. Use code ABILER for a percent off your next order. For me, I guess my, my question to you is like, how can an athlete you mentioned the optimization of their recruiting process, but how can an athlete really get seen? Like, do they message these coaches before they go to these showcases? Do they find their Twitters and DM them? Like, what are some tips for some athletes to, to get in front of these coaches organically, I guess? Well, I think as an athlete, the first thing you gotta
1: realize, too, is the timing. Um, everybody's recruiting process is different. It's like it's like a swing, Nobody has the same recruiting process, so you kind of want to get out um, from the comparison game of, you know, there's another 2021 that's committed, so that means I need to be committed. And um, once you get out of that and you just focus on your development, you just focus on what, you know, you becoming the best baseball player you can be. And then once that development takes place, whether that's you know going into your junior year or even going into your senior year, um, you know you reach out to these coaches via email. I know um, we I was just talking with a former uh, former Pac-12 recruiter for about ten years, and he said he would read every single email that came to him. Now he wouldn't reply to every email, but he'd read them. So when you reach out via email, just know that you know these coaches are looking at. You know, whether you have video and what the video um, looks like as well, too. Um, So, you know, reaching out via email, you can, you know, your high school or your travel ball coach has some connections as well, too. You can go through them. You know, you can use um, somebody like us in order to help you kind of bridge the gap. Um, There's camps, there's showcases that you can go to in order to get in front of these coaches as well. Just the bottom line is you gotta make sure that the developmental side of it is taken care of uh, before you go and you get in front of these coaches because not all exposure is good exposure. You can get out there and you can get exposed and exposed in a bad way. So, um, you know, you just gotta make sure that the developmental side comes first before the recruiting process ever takes, you know, kind of a step forward.
0: Wow, man, oh my gosh. I've never really heard it like that. You can either be exposed or get exposed, you know? Because yeah. you don't think about it like that. You think about, "Oh, I'm going to the Stanford showcase where they fly in 25 GAs, which for those of you who don't know is a grad assistant who just graduated or still hasn't graduated, sorry, and they're just they're just there to wear the hat, man. Like you just pay 500 to a grand to literally go in front of 50 coaches who aren't even actual coaches on the team, and as sad as it to say, like, there may be writing one or two kids down from that group, but you're going to get 40, 50 emails of come into my camp, come to my camp, come to my camp. Well, it's just to get these guys paid, man. Like straight out, flat bottom line, no cookie cutting it, man. Like that's the truth, and um, I think there's so many opportunities for athletes to develop. And something that we do with Major League University and we're so passionate about is the mental side of the game. And you obviously going through the whole process, it takes a mental toll on you. From the very first time you get into high school all the way up through professional baseball when you're playing in AAA at the Salt Lake City Bees, man, which, by the way, that's a sweet freaking stadium. <laughs> that place is cool, oh, it's, man. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, my gosh. And um, so I guess just, like, how important is it to... One, focus on the developmental side. Two, focus on the mental side of the game, man, and like really making sure that your mindset is right going into these situations so that you can provide the best opportunity for yourself to go on to the next level.
1: Well, ab- absolutely. You know, like you said, the developmental side is, is you know, what I think the biggest thing. And then the mental side, not only in the game, um, but just also in life as well, too, because you know you're gonna start talk you know having conversations with these with these coaches and what what they want to see is you know you effectively communicating with them and they you know they're trying to learn more about your character they've seen you play on the field now those conversations that you're going to be having is diving deeper into who you are as a player so mentally you have to you know not only be in it on the field but be in it off of the field as well too you need to put your best foot forward um, you need to talk with these coaches. I understand it's tough for 16, 17-year-old kids to talk with 40-year-old coaches. I, absolutely. Nowadays, everybody's on their phone and texting. Kids would rather text. Sometimes I would rather text. But you need to have these conversations and you need to really build um, that communicate, that communication skill because coaches are they're trying to re- recruit good players, but they're also trying to recruit leaders. They want to recruit you in, you know, and they want you to lead their program in three years or in two years, what have you. So you know, traits of a leader is, you know, having that mental edge over, you know, said player B, you know, being a mental grinder on the field, being a mental grinder off of the field in the classroom, being able to communicate with your peers, but also communicate with, you know, your elders, people that are older than you, coaches treating people well, you know, just all of that goes into, you know, that mental side, I feel. And that's one thing that, you know, we really want to get through to our players as well. We kind of hold them accountable, but want them to grow up a little bit so that when they step foot on campus, they know what to expect. And the coaches, you know, know what to expect as well, too. They're they're bringing in a leader, somebody who's going to have a positive impact on um, positive impact on your program.
0: Wow, man, they—they are like they really are recruiting leaders. And now, how, like, how as a—I guess as a coach, you can put this in a coach's perspective and even your perspective, because you are the one going out and kind of helping these athletes get there. What, what do you recommend for these athletes to do to become better leaders or to put themselves in a better uh, maybe communication state or peak performance state? Like, what do you recommend these athletes do? I
1: think it's, uh, you you know, you just have to have conversations face to face with people. I think you just got to develop relationships with with as many people as possible. Um, You know, one other thing is, you know, listening to developmental podcasts, you know, such as this one that you're doing. And, you know, there's a bunch of other great, you know, developmental podcasts um, that really, you know, help. And you hear stories and these are real life stories as well, too, that you can say, hey, you know, I was in that position, you know, I was in that situation that this guy was in and he's talking about it this way. So it just adds kind of tools to your arsenal um, in a sense. And, you know, the more you can, you know, learn and develop that way and have real conversations and develop relationships with different coaches or, you know, even different you know players on your team or, you know, kids throughout school, just, you know, you don't have to, you know, be a social butterfly you know the whole the whole nine yards and brighten up everybody's room but you need to treat people in a certain way and develop these you know communicative skills in a certain way that will put you in a in a successful place in you know five ten years down the road
0: tim the advice that you have giving that are that you have given sorry to not only just athletes parents coaches and myself now because i feel better going in and talking with some of these camps that we do or some of these college, I guess, uh, college events that we're doing and even, like, that jump from college to pro ball, it's kind of the same deal, you know, it's almost the same type of thing, except you're getting signed, you know, as a a quote-unquote job and profession. And I just feel so much stronger about this because there's so much more that goes into it rather than just, I'm a good player. Like, no, they're recruiting good people, they're recruiting good families, which we'll get into in a second, and Um, the overall, I guess, aspect of that whole family, you know, like they want good people in their program to help push that grain forward and continue to develop their own program. And if if they're bringing you in, they're bringing you in as part of your family. I remember Coach Johnson told us when he first got there, uh, QB and I's junior season, and he goes, look, like the reason I didn't get rid of you guys, the ones that are left here, the ones that are on this team is because you're part of my family. Like I get to handpick my family every single year. And that really has stuck with me forever because when you go and you start a job, when you go and you maybe create a business or when you go and uh, create a team or or whatever it is in a leadership position, you're creating your own family. Like you're handpicking your family. And sometimes you don't get to do that. Like a lot of professions and a lot of jobs, you don't get to do that. But as college coaches, we get Mm -hmm. to basically pick our own families. That's pretty freaking cool. So... I think a lot more goes into it than just the actual players aspect. So real quick, man, hit on like how important is it for the actual family to one not be sitting in the stands yelling at the umpires, two, not yelling at our kids from the stands, three, not BSing and creating a scene in the stands with other parents or their families or their coaches and being a nuisance, but rather just sitting back, letting your son or daughter go out there and play the game that they love to the highest of their capabilities and whatever else happens, happens. You're putting them in a good position. So how important, like, how many coaches really look at the family aspect as well? All of them.
1: <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> par- parents don't ever win their kid a scholarship. They only lose their kid a scholarship. Oh. You know, no, <laughs> no matter what the, the parent says and how nice he is talking to a college coach, or whatever the parent did before, you know, in his baseball career or in her uh, playing career, it doesn't matter. The One thing that families have to realize, and I'm not a parent, so I don't know, you know, I, um, I understand you're in fully invested in your kid as you should be. You should be proud of your kid's accomplishments. You should be thinking that your kid is, you know, the best kid because, you know, you're his dad, your, his mom. So I understand where you're coming from on that point. But at the end of the day, it's your kid's recruiting process. It's going to be him going to college. It's not going to be mom or dad, you know, going to this school. So when it comes down to it, coaches want players to take accountability of their recruiting process. Um, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to be talking to mom. They don't want to be talking to dad over the phone they want to be talking to the player and they want to develop their relationship with the player. Now, obviously, you know, how the parents act is somewhat of a reflection on, you know, the kid as well, too. So, you know, like you said, sitting up in the stands and, you know, cursing out the umpire or, you know, talking about how, you know, your coach doesn't play this, this player in the right spot or your son shouldn't be hitting seventh or sixth that's just you know that's just noise that is going to hurt your kid in the long run
0: yeah it's complete nonsense man i see it a lot like i didn't notice it i guess when when i played but now being out of that and putting myself in the shoes of i guess a coach i still don't consider myself a coach but i I guess i am a coach now and uh, helping (laughs) these athletes when i see them at camps and stuff and you can tell some of the the families that are one, either super invested or not invested at all. Two, the ones that are a little uh, maybe over the top, man, and you're just like, let, let your kid be kids. Like, let the kids uh-huh. be kids. Let them play. Let them have fun. Let them enjoy this experience. Otherwise, you are just dampening their experience. And I've saw it so many times as a young athlete when I was 12, 13, 11, where some of my friends stopped playing because they played so much and these parents like they would just make them go out to all these tournaments and all these different events and the kid just got burnt out man and, and now they're done at an early age they were good players so I think it's very important man like as a family like any families listen to this any moms dads grandma grandpa uncle aunt whoever you are like if you have a, a key role in that kid's life like your job is to help inspire help encourage help motivate that athlete to be their best to go out there with a positive attitude to equip them with the tools necessary like you mentioned earlier podcasts like this or Ed Milet or um, Tom Bayou like all these podcasts and, and this information that's out there that's good information to prepare you for that next level people who have gone through these situations we're not just talking to talk man like you and I, QB, Jensen, all these guys have been through these situations ourselves. And we want to help and give back to other people who are going through those similar situations. So I think it's awesome, Tim, what you're doing. And I think it's incredible just your mindset on things. And I've learned so much from you. And I know I told you this is going to be 30 minutes, but we're already over. So we're <laughs> going to we'll get going. I'll be respectful of your time. But um, before we get into the last question, man, where can they find you on social media? And where can they find College Athlete Advantage?
1: Um, you can go on, uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, on Instagram, we're at the college athlete advantage. Um, I think our username is the underscore CA advantage. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at CAA underscore Tim. Um, and same thing with our, uh, company's Twitter at the underscore CA advantage. Um, I'm heavy on Twitter, man. I'm trying to interact with as many people on Twitter as possible. Just helping out, um, you know, dropping as much content as possible in order to, um, help some families through the process as well too. So if, you know, if you have any questions, you guys can DM me, um, you know, you can, you can see some of our players get posted on our Twitter as well too. So you can see some of the highlights that we do. We do a lot of videos for our kids as well. Um you know, in the recruiting process it's uh, promotion promoting our kids as well too so um go check us out uh, i 'm c a a Tim on Twitter, and our company Twitter is the underscore c a advantage
0: yes, I highly recommend you guys go and follow Tim immediately because I love your content it's all very genuine, authentic, amazing content, and it hits home man like it really does I, I put myself in my in the shoes of being a senior that was unrecruited, and didn't have a place to play until after my senior season. And to have the help that, that you can have right here, just from the fingertips of your phone, like go do it. Go on there, look them up, man, go check these guys out. Cause they're really good people doing really good things. And this world needs more people like y'all, man. Cause you're in it for the right reasons. So Tim, man, last question, um, how important is it to you right now and for your company to be helping these athletes fulfill their dreams of potentially playing college or professional baseball well that's the bottom
1: line um you know we just want to see our kids our players play you know one more year of baseball two more years of baseball after high school and um you know the satisfaction when when those kids are you know genuinely excited the families are genuinely excited about the opportunity that is in front of them um at said school it just makes this worth it um after i was done playing i knew i wanted to stay in baseball i knew i wanted to do something in baseball and give back the knowledge that i um, that I gained and, uh, you know, the knowledge that was dropped on me through a lot of great coaches, a lot of great mentors, and just a lot of great people around me. So getting the opportunity to do that and to influence and, um, you know, kind of help these, help these families and these players, because the recruiting process is a grind, man. It's such a grind, um, you know, going through it, and it shouldn't be. That's the bottom line. It shouldn't be. But with all of these you know, ratings and showcases and tournaments and amateur baseball the way it is, it becomes a grind and knowing how to, you know, combat it and, uh, you know, have the best plan in place is tough. So um, we just want to help, you know, ease the stress of families. I do this full time, you know, this is, you know, I'm not doing anything else on the side. So I dedicate, you know, all every day to helping my families and um you know when we get our success stories back it just makes it so worth it
0: that's incredible man i I really appreciate what you guys are doing and and what you are doing in particularly man and you you've taken your gift of being an incredible athlete one of the top one in the world Um, a select few of the fraternity that's made it that high of a level in professional baseball just having the opportunity to be drafted in general is is a huge accomplishment and you're not letting it go to waste. You're using this to fuel you. You're using this to fuel the next generation and to impact the next generation and the families that come after us. And that's all we can ask for, man, as a baseball fraternity, as a family, like we're such a close knit group, no matter if you're from Hawaii or New York or Australia, like somehow we're all connected in some stream. Uh, I think it's awesome. So. Highly recommend you guys go follow these guys on Twitter. They've got amazing information. Tim, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. This was incredible. And I always say every time, like, yeah, that that guest was awesome. Like, these guests were awesome, and they keep getting better. But this, like, just blew my mind, you know? And I I think this is just another interesting aspect that um, we can really help a lot of people with. So, Tim, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thank you.
1: Hey, I I appreciate you having me. And I love what you guys are doing at major league university man it's it's awesome i love you know i love the content that you're putting out as well and you influencing the next generation man